Hello, and welcome to the next episode in the podcast. And we are just about to make our way to the day job on a Monday morning. It's a chilly Monday morning, uh, the car's iced up, and uh, you may be able to hear some background noise for the windscreen wipers just clearing away the remainder of the ice and the air conditioning on trying to clear the windscreen because we're trying to keep the fogging down a little bit it's quite bright and sunny uh, but where I am at the moment in the shade the sunlight isn't the sun's not high enough yet to get to me, me just right now but as I pull out onto uh, the main street I will no doubt get the sun blaring in my eyes, blinding me. So, yes, it's Monday. We're on our way to work uh, for the day job, but i got to be honest, I'm super excited to get back tonight because tonight we will be live streaming, uh, working on Frank, my 3D printer, um, just to give a bit of backstory, Frank was my development platform. When I first started getting into 3D printing, I couldn't afford to buy a branded 3D printer pre-built. Uh, I also couldn't afford to buy a kit. At the time, um, kits like the uh, Prusa i3 and uh, that sort of ilk of, of printers was in the region of 800 to 1,200 pounds. Um, and there was, you know, they, my pockets are not deep enough um, to be able to make that sort of outlay. I've got a family, I've got a mortgage, I've got bills, I'm like everybody else. Um, and that was considered a luxury one step too far. So I had to be creative in getting into the 3D printing hobby. And that was to do a lot of research online and learn how these things work. And then, you know, scour the internet for the parts, try and find them for the cheapest amount. Even if that means ordering from China and waiting 30 days plus for that to actually arrive. And then, you know, <laughs> muddling through trying to put together a scratch build Delta, because that's what he was when he was first built. He was a Delta printer, specifically the, um, the Rostock variety. And yeah, trying to figure out, trying to figure out how to put him together. But also to try and figure out the, the uh, programming side of things getting the firmware on there, getting the firmware configured so that the motion system moved accurately. Yeah, that was, that, that, that took me probably about, I don't know, what, six to eight months to, to kind of figure out what the hell I was doing. Um, I did have some assistance from a good friend of mine um, who uh, did a did a few IMs backwards and forwards on what to possibly figure out was going wrong and yeah that's um, 
that's that's Frank. So Frank was decommissioned. He got uh, taken apart. He was too much of a project. His quality was falling away uh, very rapidly. Um, and that's through my poor putting, you know, putting him together not very well. Uh, the fact that the, that the platform actually worked was astounding to me. Um, but yeah, he was leveling the bed on a Delta printer is an absolute nightmare. And through my inability to, to build in accurately, I ended up having to chase ghosts in the machine. And I nearly gave up on a number of occasions because of just the sheer frustration of not knowing what I was doing and, you know, hunting ghosts that were born out of poorly constructed uh, printer. But, I mean, I got... I got my PKD uh, Blade Runner blaster built out of it, and new numerous fixes for things around the home. Um, so, I mean, I got my use out of him, and in terms of time invested and the monetary investment, there was my sort of view on this: is this is my price of entry. This is this is me paying for getting into 3D printing. If you're going to go the if you're going to go the low cost route financially, you're going to have some hard times ahead unless you've got a group of friends who already are well versed and felt well knowledgeable and are willing to handhold you and walk you through this process. Um, but, you know, if you're not going to pay monetarily, you are going to pay in time. So, that's that's the big kicker here, right? You can do anything for cheap, but it's going to take you time. If you want to save time, it's going to cost you money. So, I think the the the, the time investment for me has been invaluable because I now I'm now in a position whereby I am not daunted by any, any machine um, when it comes to uh, linear motion systems like a 3D printer, like a CNC machine, like a laser cutter. I mean, I'm not scared by that stuff at all now. Um, I, as, as if you're following me on Twitch, you already know, uh, I picked up a laser cutter. It was in a little bit of disrepair. Um, it wasn't running the best. I, <laughs> I reconditioned it, and I've got it working, and I'm really happy with it. You know, so the only downside to that laser cutter that I've got a 40 watt CO2 laser cutter is that the physical size of the machine is huge. But the cutting bed area is like minuscule by comparison. So I am extremely tempted to actually scratch build a laser cutter. But that's in the bucket list of projects that are further on down the line. Um, it's not something that uh, I'm going to do right now because I've stopped all work now, uh, taking on new jobs 
until such time as my current project book is complete. So I gotta kick ass. Uh, and to kick ass, I gotta speed up. And to speed up, well, right now I need a second printer. And this is where Frank is coming back into being relevant. Um, Frank is gonna be rebuilt as quite a large format printer. His print, bit, print bed volume uh, as a Delta was 220 by 220 by 300. And at the time that was, that was not insignificant. That was, that you know, this is pre-CR10 days. You know, this is pre-GMAX days. Large format printers in the hobby area didn't really exist. And resin printers, well, you know, <laughs> they existed. They were super, super expensive. And I nearly built one, and it wasn't. It, I built nearly built one simply because the mo the motion system was easier. Um, but the problem, the, the thing that pushed me back away from building a resin-based printer was the uh, slicing. There wasn't open source slicers for DLP projector-based resin printers like there is today. So, you know. Maybe I'll build a resin printer. Maybe I'll think, do you know what? I need a tool and I'll put my hand in my pocket once I've earned some cash. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. But um, back to Frank. So he had a 220 by 220 by 300 build platform. And as a Cartesian, and a Cartesian is the standard XYZ individual motion system uh, printer, um, how can I explain Cartesian? I probably can't. Google Cartesian and Delta, and I'm sure there's some explanations of difference between the two. But the main visual difference between the Delta, all three axes, X, Y, Z, are all vertical, and they work all together to perform a dance that moves the hot end, the end effector, around the build platform, and, and, and it's absolutely mesmerizing to watch. Uh, I could sit and watch Frank build things for hours and not be um, bored by the whole process. Uh, I, 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 I kind of look at it very much like um, people get relaxed by watching fish. Um, well, that, that's my kind of zen point when I was watching Frank print. It's um, pretty cool, gotta be fair. So as a Cartesian, um, we're probably, well, the maximum width between the vertical posts, the four vertical posts of the, the, the printer itself, is 440 millimeters. So we're probably looking small, well, we're definitely looking at smaller than that. Um, but I'm looking to get somewhere close to, if not exceeding, 400 millimeters uh, XY and possibly 400 millimeters in the vertical. We shall see, I've still got to design the top of the posts which carry the motion system. And that's what I'm gonna be doing on stream tonight. Um, so once I've uh, built that motion system and placed the hot end in the center of it, I will then know, um, I'll then know what the overall build volume is going to be. Um, so yeah, 
I'm super, super excited to get Frank up and running. Um, but <laughs> as always, money is too tight to mention, like the song says. And I'm having to do the whole buy a bit, get the project to a point, and then hold. And that's, to be fair, that's that's reason why majority of my projects like stop. I progress something where there has minimal or low uh, financial uh, expenditure and then there's a requirement to actually put your hand in your pocket and buy the parts that you need and I go to the old coffers jar the old bank account and look at it and go I can't do it I gotta be able to pay my bills so that's where that stops um, now I'm building Frank for me. I'm building Frank to be something which can be replicated, that can be low cost. I'm gonna try and make Frank as low cost as possible to the point where some of the hardware that I sh I'm, I'm buying, realistically I should buy, such as uh, pulley systems, the GT2 pulleys that um, control the motion system. I'm probably, well, depending on how things go tonight on stream, I'm probably going to 3D print them. Uh, simply because um, I have a tool in the CR10 that will allow me to do that. And secondly, um, I can't really afford it. I can't really afford the expenditure. And some of you might be looking at me and thinking, God, that's like, dude, you, you know, you could buy these stuff bits and pieces from China cheap well yes you can but you've got to wait the whole time thing comes back into play you want to buy it cheap you buy it from China and it takes a while to come so you have to wait um, so there's that side of things but secondly some of the pulley systems that I'm gonna be using are, are gonna be unique they're not there's not something that I can go off the shelf and buy so that's again the whole purpose of 3d printing in that you can cre create bespoke pieces of machinery and tooling because you design it on a computer and then you print it out <laughs> this, is the, this, this is the whole point right so that's where I'm that is where I am going with this so, I haven't fully fleshed out Frank's design. I might make him a dual extruding machine. So that means there's two hot ends on him. I might make him single. I don't know. I, 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 I'm kind of working this stuff out as I go. The, the whole thing about Frank is he's got to be quick to make. And I'm already seeing some of the parts that I've designed are gonna take quite a while. So I might, I might look at molding and casting parts. Um, in, uh, in polyurethane resin. It's just dawned on me. If I cast him, he's gonna be a lot 
quicker to produce than damn so let me think the feet are probably gonna take anywhere between six and eight hours to print if I make a mold I can probably make I can probably make them in an hour per per foot port with depending on the resin that you buy you mind you can get them for like 50 a 15 minute cure time put the mold no damn it man do i do that do i do that i'm thinking about the time investment in sanding the feet getting them just to like the finished quality that i want the Think, think, think. Hmm, do I do that? Do I do that? I could, you know. But it's going to be out late. I think for... Right, here's my thought process. For version 1, I'm going to 3D print him. Um version 1 of Frank 2.0 <laughs> version 2.0 Frank is going to be 3D printed I may go down the route of casting him that is a distinct possibility so yes so uh, I digressed a little bit there so the, the whole point of Frank uh, is to be cheap to produce quick to, to put together um, and be to be able to print things Frank V1 never could have imagined so the whole purpose of Frank V2 being a um, enclosed printer means that we could have a heated build chamber if we wanted to I've possibly got to figure that out um, but definitely an enclosed printer so that the room that Frank is in doesn't have to be a million degrees um, for him to be able to print without, you know, convection drafts causing problems with warping or, you know, extrusion problems and that sort of weird stuff. I'll be able to pr hopefully be able to print, you know, some exotic materials that need a heated build chamber or it certainly need an enclosure that would be pretty damn cool um, so yeah that's that's ultimately where I'm going here to get Frank into a situation where he's a low cost enclosed printer with a large build volume that somebody can put together as a you know like I can put together as a kit that I build for myself now, if somebody is interested in buying kits off me for Frank at a later time, then, do you know what? Yeah, let's do it. You don't get anywhere in life by doing the same crap, right? So you've got to do something different. I will build kits for Frank. Um, I need I need to, to supplement this. There are open source projects that people have um, made public and are making money from and potentially earning a living from 
would I like to do that? Abso-frickin-lutely. Um, is that something I foresee? Well, who knows? Who knows? I'm gonna leave it to the lap of the gods, right? Gotta produce something of value. Gotta produce something people want. If you don't, nobody's interested. Nobody cares. The market decides whether you're a winner or a loser. If you lose, then you've got to swallow that. Ego aside, you've got to swallow that. So, yes, back to what we're doing tonight. Frank, we're going to be working on the linear motion system. We're going to be working on the X tower. Um, this tower that is going to control the X movement of the printer. Uh, in fact, there's two towers that uh, we need to sort out. And depending upon how we, depending on how we work this, we can potentially um, make good progress. I've <coughs> Excuse me. So I've done some renders of what Frank might look like and I was actually blown away by what he looked like. I'm thinking, oh damn, I did that. That's, that's freaking cool. Now, creating something in a rendering and reproducing that real life, ha! Well, yeah, they're, they're not exactly the same thing so I am hoping beyond hope that I can I can actually fulfill on at least 70% of what I see in Fusion's rendering Fusion 360 is the CAD application that I'm using to design Frank um so I'm really, really super, super chuffed about it. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm itching to get my ass into work so I can get my day job done and then I can get my ass back home and start working on it. That's how I was hyped. That's how psyched I am about this. So... Yeah... So tonight, tonight, as I said, we're working on Frank's X posts. Um, the biggest thing that I've got is to, to, to overcome is the, first of all, is the pulley, belt and pulley system. Um, the belts that are used in 3D printers typically are six millimeter GT2 style timing belts. Uh, GT2 is just the designation of the belt. It defines the tooth profile um, and I believe it also defines the the um, uh, is it pitch is it the pitch um, I think it's pitch so it's I think it's a two millimeter pitch on the belt um, so it's a GT style belt two defines the pitch so yes yeah, a GT2 belt which is six millimeters wide um, and I'm trying to 3D print that belt. And I've had a couple of CADs 
uh, images of these belts. The sorry of the pulleys. It's the pulley that I'm trying to 3D print. Um, the the pulley has been problematic up until now. I've not. I've, I've got a length. I've got lengths of uh, of belt, and I'm testing the fit of the the belt into the pulley, and it's not gripping it properly. It should be a very the t the, the belt should engage the pulley fully. My God, say that three times fast. Um, and when you pull on the belt, it should lock into place and rotate the pulley without jumping teeth and things like that. So that's what I'm combating at the moment is that the, the, the belt is jumping out of the pulley profile, the pulley tooth profile. Um, now, I've, I've tried um, some scripts that are provided in uh, OpenSCAD. OpenSCAD is a CAD, another CAD package, but it's, it uses a programming language to define the part, as opposed to Fusion 360, where you sketch, you draw the parts, profiles, and then you extrude those profiles into 3D space. Um, so I tried one of those in OpenSCAD. That didn't work too great. Uh, I tried one in uh, a few. I've got a, I've got a an example where it's all it's got defined parameters. So you can go in your you can go into the parameters and change them. And because Fusion 360 is a, what's called a parametric modeling system, live you can update these parameters and the, the, the part will change on screen automatically so yeah that i was looking i was looking at um, the tooth profile for that the, the fusion 360 model and it's experiencing the same problem so i think i think the issue i'm just thinking out loud here but i think the issue is that I'm coming up against the problem that my nozzle, which is 0.4 millimeter nozzle, cannot get sufficient detail in the tooth profile for me to be able to get a fully engaged belt. So, what I'm thinking I'm going to do is I'm gonna modify the Fusion 360 file tonight and change the tooth profile from a rounded tooth profile to a square tooth profile so the trough of the of the tooth rather than being rounded to to completely marry the you know and match the belt i'm going to make it square and i'm hoping that by doing so i will get a better engagement on the belt and if that if that's the case if i could do that and get a successful uh, engagement, then I'm I'm really happy, and I'll and I will 3D print the. Um, oh, I'm not going that way. Looks like it's been an accident. Great. Um, so if I can get a fully engaged tooth uh, profile around the pulley with the belt all the way around, then I'm I'm going to be like, oh yeah. So yes, I've got to I've got to get 
got to get Frank's uh, linear rods sorted out. I've got to figure out what exactly I need. There's a good chance I'm going to need to buy some additional parts. quiet because I don't want to crash the car and I'm concentrating fully on what's in front of me and you've passed the point of no return and then you decide to stop awesome nice one pal what 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 are you thinking somebody didn't have his Vitavix this morning sorry for you non-UK listeners that you probably don't get that reference but anyway um So, so yes, the first thing I'm going to be doing is getting the pulley sorted out. Once I get the pulley sorted out, I can get the uh, placement of the pulley in the post sorted out, finalise the post, and then, yeah, I, I should be away at that point. That, that's the biggest thing. And it's... The cool, the cool thing about this is you can do live iteration of this uh, on stream uh, or in the computer, you know, if I'm not streaming. Uh, I can do live iterations. I can figure out all of the problems inside the computer before I actually print things. Once I know that tooth profile works, I can just reuse it and 3D print all the pulleys. Um, and, and design with confidence that it's actually going to work. So, I am super, super excited to get home. I can't wait to get home. Is that bad? Is that bad to be walking into my day job wishing that I was going home? that says something else and there's a kid running down the street with another kid in a shopping cart hat Dorothy because Kansas is going to go bye bye oh yes right then I think I think I'm going to call it quits right here for the podcast I very much doubt anyone who will listen to this prior to the stream going out tonight because I will publish this podcast as soon as I get into the office or maybe a little bit later on. I don't know, depending on what I walk into the office to find. Um, yes, I will uh, publish this podcast uh, on in the morning and tonight I will be working on Frank. So if you are not able to catch me um, on stream live 
building frank then i would suggest that you have a look to see whether or not there is a vod of the process you are more than welcome to have a look at the vods um, i archive all of my videos and streams um, simply because um, well first of all if people want to come back and view them then they can do so but also if I want to start putting things together in YouTube videos and document the process of me building Frank then I have that also right so uh, I am on Twitch I might go early tonight because I want a little bit of extra time to work on Frank and if that's the case, uh, I'll be on from 7 p.m. GMT UK time. Um, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash IQ Workshop. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, IQS Workshop. On TikTok, uh, I'm IQ Workshop. And on Twitter, I'm Inquisitor's Work. Yeah, don't ask. Don't ask. Right. I should unify everything, but I'm an asshole. Oh, and there goes the phone. Off the dashboard. That's the first time that's happened. Okay. Right, guys. I will see you in the next one. In fact, you'll hear me in the next one. Ah! Have fun. Be safe. Take care.